to worship this morning and it's lovely to see a, a few uh, well-kept faces uh, back in the church uh, again today after some time away. Uh, if this is your first visit back to church in a wee while, you're particularly welcome. It's lovely to see you. Um, just a few wee pointers uh, about how we've needed to do things in COVID times. Um, you'll hopefully see in front of you um, a little card or a laminated card. If you could turn that over, that just lets the cleaning folk know which pews have been sat in. That would be a great help. Thank you for complying with wearing masks. I had a conversation with a couple about why, why, can't, we, um, why can't we take our masks off in church when we can take them off and go to the coffee shop? Asked Nicola, I think it's a short answer to that one. Um, but those are the laws that we have to abide by, both Scottish Government and church at the moment, which is unfortunate, so you do need to keep them on today. Uh, although, you can still sing, you just have to belt it out a wee bit louder. Um, we leave by the vestry door today, we're trying to maintain a one-way system, so we leave by the vestry door and the collection plate is just behind the pulpit here if you want to put in uh, your offerings as you leave. Um, so it's great to have the bon Accord, uh, some of the bon Accord uh, band um, back with us this morning. Uh, we're listening to a couple of Spotify playlists at home at the minute and one of them has got a song called It Wouldn't Be Christmas Without You and we kind of feel that way about the bon Accord. Uh, this is a really lovely service for us and the build up to Christmas. So thank you for taking the time uh, to be with us this morning and we really look forward to singing the carols along with your playing. Just a couple of wee notices about next Sunday. Um, next Sunday morning we're having our first in-person communion since the pandemic started, so that's well, well over 18 months now. Um, Kirk Session have talked about how we do that um, safely. We're happy that we've got a good plan, so we would love to see you along for that communion service next Sunday morning. And I'll explain things at the time about doing communion slightly differently. Uh, but if you want to speak to me about that, just grab me after the service and we can, we can talk about it. And then next Sunday evening, we're having what we call our Blue Christmas uh, service. We recognise that at this time of year, uh, there's a lot of jollity and festivities, even in the midst of a pandemic. But there's also a lot of folk who feel kind of excluded from that because uh, life has been difficult for them in different ways. Maybe there's been a bereavement in the family, maybe there's been particularly difficult circumstances to work through. So folk are carrying a lot of stuff um, at this time of year that's not about the happiness and the joy of Christmas. So Blue Christmas is an opportunity just to bring that stuff uh, into the wide open arms of, of God as we think about Christmas and as we think about the message of Christmas together. So that'll be a, a quiet, reflective service uh, next Sunday evening for those who've uh, lost loved ones during the year, but also for anybody who's carrying any kind of grief or sadness uh, over the last year. So please do think about that. That might be you, it might be someone that you know. Um, so if you can think of folk, then please do encourage them along, or better still even uh, bring them along next Sunday evening, 7.30. And lastly, just to say, if you're able to stay behind for a coffee or a tea after the service this morning, you would be most welcome to join us in the Versailles Hall. So we're going to begin our worship now in the words of one of the great hymns of uh, the Advent season, O Come, All Ye Faithful. Let's worship God together.
come before God in prayer now. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the chance to be here today to gather in thanks and worship, to rehearse this story that we know so well and sing these old songs which reach our ears like the voices of old friends. We love the familiarity of these things and this space, this sense of belonging which helps to give us our place in life. But we recognize that all of this is just a hint of our true place, our true home, which is you. For in you we live and move and have our being and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Gracious God, we bless you for this season of Advent, for the great truths that we celebrate at this time of year. For when the angels sang peace and goodwill to all people, they meant it. This is a universal story. Your love in Christ goes out to all the world and you're becoming human, one of us is the beginning of our redemption. Thank you that you are for us, not against us. That you're intent on remaking us, not rejecting us. That you are with us here, not somewhere else far away. And all of this we know because you made it real for us in flesh and blood and skin and bone. In 33 years of love and laughter, teaching and healing, suffering and dying and rising from death, light pushing back the darkness, both then and now. So draw near us this morning, we pray, and touch us again with the truth that the Christ of then is the Christ of now, as real as the breath in our body and the blood in our veins. Meet us in the exile of our hearts, in the places where we guard our words or our affections for fear of being hurt or taken advantage of. Guide us when we need to see the next step and need a clear path in the midst of a forest of good advice. Free us from attitudes and ways of being that we know are destructive to us and to others. Unlock the potential within us to do good and to bless other people. And as your light dawns upon us, may we reflect it more and more to those around us. Because we ask these things in Christ's name. And in his name we pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Should be registered. This was 
was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn.
Does love's protection always feel this fierce? It's an aching in this post-birth quiet, beautiful and yet almost too strong to bear. There's a possessive passion in my soul that will not easily part with what my body has birthed, that's frightened by the way you lie alone, cut off and unprotected. And even gathered close to me, I cannot seem to hold you close enough to keep the sense of night's weight from pressing down on us with something like foreboding. I wrap my arms around you and it hurts to feel the strength of love that swells within my throat and heart. This will not cease, this painful vigil of born of love. But holding you pressed close is worth the sharp, sad joy of having heaven's love and sorrow lying quietly by my side. My arm around your back is all that I could offer as support as each unravelling chapter came. My arm around your back was there when I came to accept that heaven dwelt in you and that God had chosen you just as I had. My arm around your back was all that I could offer to reassure you that I would never leave you. My arm around your back was all that I could offer as support on Bethlehem's weary road. As the journey wound round path and street and doors closed swiftly in our faces, my arm around your back was all I had to protect you from despair. As the child emerged in an open barn, my arm around your back was all I had to help you through. To be a leaning post, it seemed, was all that I could do to show that I struggled with you in this birth. It doesn't seem enough for one who's destined to endure so much. I should have words, eloquence or money land and powers of protection that would buffer you against the harshness of this world. But all that I can offer is my arm around your back. Its strength will never be enough to show the strength of love that holds me to your side. But ready still to comfort, to steady and reassure my arm around your back, if needed will be there.
It was born too soon, we sang. The keen night air cut across the dampness of its body, making it tremble and shudder, shocked by the roughness of new life. Robbed of its mother's enfolding, its knees buckled as it hit the earth and sank against the ground. <clears throat> Small breaths it made, like it was only playing lightly with life. Small breaths lifting the loose-fitting skin. I placed it close against my chest, as is our way with orphaned lambs, to keep the last remains of womb warmth held inside. It seemed to me a certainty that this would be a life to ebb away when sucked at by the coldness of the clear night sky. But as we lay, the lamb and I, side by side and sheltered by the slumbering flock, I felt it stir as if to make a protest over death itself. And still I can remember the way its lifeblood pulsed with mine and more vital than the glowing embers of that evening's fire. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favours. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing which has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told about them, about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all those words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them.
time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is this child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at his rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star they had that they had seen in its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Don't call me wise. It isn't wisdom that drives a man to leave his home and travel through the dead of night. It isn't wisdom that makes a man leave all he had behind, courts and comfort, respect and standing, to pursue a dream Don't call me wise. I am not sure that wisdom is a burden that I want to own. I've spent my life in study, mapping charts, recording information. I am old in knowledge, stale with information held too long. Don't call me wise. Wisdom does not cause a man to embrace adventure quite so fully. That takes a force apart from reason. So far beyond himself, he doesn't know how to resist its call. Don't 
call me wise. It is not wise to reach out for the unattainable. It is not wise to hold out so much hope. It is not wise to feel this excited. Am I following or chasing? Am I looking for kings or looking for meaning? Drawn on by the magnetism of the future, I am shedding wisdom with each eager step. I feel again the child's desire to touch a star and hold heaven in my hands.
been visiting with a couple in the parish over the last uh, few weeks, preparing to have their little girl baptised. She's about one and a half now, and that makes her a lockdown baby. All of her life so far has been lived in the pandemic. For the first four months, nobody but her mum and dad got to have a bosie with her, not even her grandparents. And as I listened to them talk about that and tell their story, I remembered how bad things were during the worst of the pandemic when we couldn't even embrace the people we love. It made us realise just how important touch is. And touch has been the theme running through this morning's readings. Mary holding Jesus, Joseph holding Mary, the shepherd cuddling the orphan lamb to help keep it alive, the wise men taking the risk of reaching out to touch a dream that seemed hopelessly unwise and insubstantial. For many of us, touch is what makes life worth living, or at least part of what makes it worth living. The author Gary Chapman suggests that human beings give and receive love in five basic ways, which he calls the five love languages. I'm not going to test you later, but they are affirming words, giving gifts, acts of service, quality time, and lastly, physical touch. If you want to know more, just Google five love languages. But it's well worth thinking about which of those is your main love language and which is your partner's if you share your life with someone. But whatever our preferred love language, touch matters to all of us to a greater or lesser degree and some of our most significant moments in life involve touch. The lover taking the hand of the beloved for the first time as they sit side by side in a park or in a darkened cinema. The new mum, exhausted but elated, feeling her baby snuggling into the breast and snuffling for milk for the first time. The dad or the uncle or the grandpa wrestling with the kids in the front room or chucking them so far into the sky that their mother has palpitations. Or the woman helping a frail elderly mother to wash her hair or holding the hand of her father as he breathes his last. It's touch as a language, often saying more about love words can ever convey. And God, we're told, is love. But how can God touch us, really touch us, unless he takes flesh? So that is exactly what he does. And at first, as with every human child, it's he who is touched, wrapped in swaddling clothes, suckled, changed, nursed to sleep. And all he can give back intentionally in those days are noises and 
looks and smiles, but he grows. Grows into a boy and then a man who people loved because his words and his touch brought them hope and healing. Leprous men, dubious women, ignorable children, the unseen, the unclean mattered every bit as much to him as the together and the beloved. He broke bread, he gutted fish, he took the sick by the hand and he washed his disciples' grubby feet. And then one day, those same hands that had healed and blessed threw over the money changers' tables in the temple precincts and chased their animals out he wanted to make sure that there was room in the temple of God for anybody who wanted to come and that none would be excluded. We don't often see Jesus in that mode, but he inhabited it sometimes. So don't get taken in by gentle Jesus and he can mind. But for that action and much more besides, the leaders hung him on a cross drove nails through his hands and his feet to stop him from being such a damn nuisance. And so he ended his life as he began it, lying in Mary's arms, being held. Our faith tells us that the story didn't end there. Three days later, he appears in a locked room filled with fearful disciples, showing him his hands and his feet and saying, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And that can only mean one thing, that we are to touch the world with the same strength and kindness that we've seen and still see in the Christ. He carries on his work of loving and restoring the world through our hands, through our lives, through our touch. I'll end with some words of Lisa Devney who wrote to the meditations that we've been using this morning. Lisa says, the hand resting on Mary's shoulder God's, the life-giving heat transferring from shepherd to lamb, it's God's, the tender pain of realisation as Mary looks on her newborn son with love, it's God's, the Christmas story tells of the care and protection that goes on at the expense of comfort, extravagant gestures of compassion carried out at the expense of individuals because they are compelled to care through the sheer strength of love existing within them. They are each an echo of God's love. We are each an echo of God's love. God, these gospel stories have become 
so familiar over the years that we hear them almost unthinkingly. Help us be open to their shock value in the days ahead, as well as the comfort that they bring. Help us to see their relevance to life today and extend our compassion to those whose stories resonate with yours. We pray for pregnant women as new life grows within them. We hold before you their hopes and their fears the anticipation of pain and the expectation of joy. We think especially of those who haven't chosen their state and wonder how they will cope. You're unsure about the father's worth. We wonder about the reaction of friends and family. May they find the reassurance and the support that they need. We pray for fathers to be those who are excited and nervous about parenthood, wondering how they will adapt to it, and those who feel afraid of the responsibility and commitment and are tempted to run away from them. Bless them with the courage and the resolve they need to be good fathers. We remember the working poor, trying to do the best they can with what they have and provide for those for whom they care. Bless them with what they need for living. And bring them the kind of contentment and friendship that money alone can't buy. And we remember those in high places who carry a heavy weight of responsibility in their lives. Help them make wise decisions that bring long-term blessing rather than short-term gain to live with integrity and generosity in the midst of all the complexity that they deal with. And we remember all who have felt isolated this past year for want of touch or company or a friendly voice. And we thank you for the efforts that folk have made to stay connected to one another. bless you for the ways in which our communities have been reaching out to people in need in the wake of last weekend's storm. We ask you to bless those in particular need and those working so hard to clear up the damage and restore power to people's homes. And Lord, as we go about our lives in this Advent season, may we, like Mary, treasure the experiences each day brings and ponder them in our hearts holding before you our own needs and the needs of others, and giving thanks for the child that we're waiting for, and the kingdom that comes in his wake. Amen. We finish our service now in the words of Hark, the Herald Angels sing.
to hold God in your hearts and to know yourself held by him in return. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.